Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. USA! USA! Shot clock turned off. Calvary. Hall. Eight to shoot. Hall. The runner! Loose ball! It's good! Williams Goss comes out of the pack. Matthews for three. Oh, my goodness! Morrison. Six. It's time for Zag's Hoop Talk with Jack and Zach on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Here's Jack Ferris. They found mold in my apartment. And Rob Zachary. All I was thinking about is, like, how do you know what things to use to wipe? Oh, no. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Kenny, Kenny, you're the reason why I went to Gonzaga. And you're here with us, so. Here's hoping you live forever and I never die. <laughs> Jordan Montana's finest. How was that drive? It was a good drive. You know, strong, 11 to 12 hours, top speed, 68. We're, the thing is, man, everyone in Spokane, because I do the Jay and Kevin show, and everyone thinks you're some kind of mythical Jordan Montana myth. I'm, I'm, I'm being dead ass. There's tons of people in Spokane that don't believe you're real. Okay, what what is the myth part? Like, they, what, they, how, how could I not be real? Well, who is this Kenny guy? I swear, because I'll talk like I had the bet. I would always talk about the branding, always on the Jay and Kevin show, and then and then they're like, "Who is this guy? And why would you go to Jordan, Montana?" I remember. I remember. I listened to some of them. I like. Spent hours trying to <laughs> trying to find the Wednesday or whatever you're on the Jay and Kevin show, and then oh my God, he's gonna give us like he's gonna tell it like it is. I'm gonna be in a good light, and then it all just gets steered to how weird it is immediately. And you're just like, oh, it's so weird though. It's, well, I mean, if you're not you used to it, it's weird. But it's, <laughs> you gotta like help me out. Like it's not weird. It's just fun. Do you like riding horses and drinking 50 or 60 <laughs> beers a day? It's fun. You know what? You know what is the best part? You could be a little kid. It's like little, like the guy's paradise to do whatever you want. Shoot guns, shoot guns at little critters, you know. Right. Like, Mixed with a little alcohol. In it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, oh, man. Yeah. How long? So, when was the last time you were in Spokane? I think it was like five to six years ago. I'm uh, I'm not exactly sure, but I know my friend's kids. You're Zag My friend's alum. kids are like know. seven. You're a Zag alum. I am. I graduated in 2008 from Gonzaga. I came here in four. I got, I got everything done in eight semesters. And kind of just mushed my way through college. I failed ceramics. <laughs> um, otherwise, I made it. And then my last test was like a Thursday. And my car was packed. And out the door I went. I said goodbye to everybody. And I didn't walk. And I've barely been back to Spokane. Just a little bit for like uh, a couple of wedding, like pre-weddings and <laughs> bachelor parties, I guess. Right. 
So I've been back three times maybe since 2008. Maybe, maybe four. <laughs> you feel, I feel that. I don't know. It feels foreign. Like when you talk about Jordan, Montana, it's not far, but it's far. Right. The land before time. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ah, it's crazy to think about. Like that, that drive is no joke. Yeah. It's 630 miles from my doorstep to here. And you drove the Cadillac. And I drove a 94 Cadillac Broham. <laughs> no brake lights, no blinkers. What has it got a missing fender? Maybe a fender? Uh, maybe a bumper. And one broken headlight, but it still works. No, I'm sure if people... But it's 101 degrees in Jordan, Montana today, and ice-cold AC in the old caddy. <laughs> That's why I brought it. Hey, but I'm sure people want to know, like, what do you do in Jordan, Montana? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to be a better interviewer. Jack would interview this question better. Ask you, better questions. What do you mean? What do you? What do you do? Like, I mean, for no, for saying, fun, for no, a job, for a hobby, for for a lot of job. What do you do? With? I raise cows, and um, I guess the better. I'm a rancher. Yeah, there you go. And you basically uh, nobody really knows what a rancher is. A rancher turns grass into beef. That's basically what a rancher is and all the work that goes into it. So that's that's what I do. I convert grass to beef. <laughs> now, we were talking earlier, is it is it fun to be a rancher? No, times aren't so good <laughs> right. in uh, in all of agriculture actually. You know, uh, I I want to like think about it. Give a little education to the listeners. Ranching and farming is at a really bad point right now. The foreclosures are like the highest rate they've been either since the depression or maybe maybe a little bit in the 80s besides the depression. Like the cost of doing business is much more than the than the income we get. So um, nobody is really cash flowing at all. We're all going backwards on on our year-to-year -year operations, there is some equity behind a lot of it, you know, that there's there's value to the ground, but the actual business, for all of us, there's no way to, there's nobody doing it right. It's just, it's just, all of us are going what in a negative direction. Right. And, and the reason is all the money is at the top of the chain, you know, the meat packers, set the, the retailers, your Walmarts, your Kroger's, your, they set a price, then the meat packers, they're also at the top of the chain and they fight a little bit, but they're in cahoots. So they know what they want and then the market, the, everything trails back to the bottom, to the feeder, the guy that feeds the calves, he loses money and the rancher loses money and millions and millions of dollars go to your great big meat packers and your retailers and that sounds like, so what? That's, you know, an economy. Right. But it's not. The whole reason that there are little towns in rural America is because of cattle, wheat, soybeans, and corn. There's about four reasons that there's a town in some little area of Missouri or Montana or Washington or, I mean, anywhere that's a rural area that's got, you say, a town with two or three gas stations or five or 20 is dependent on agriculture to a very large extent. And if those people can't make it, the rest of the towns will fail. 
And I don't think that's a very well-known thing. And that bothers me to an extent. And, and why don't you think people know? Because it's all just the myth of being a cowboy or a farmer. And, and <laughs> what do you mean the myth? We have cool stuff. We have horses and big pickups <laughs> and horse trailers. Like everybody thinks. Horse, wait, horse, trackers horse trailers and, are not cool shit. Well, the, they were cool before you did, when you didn't have horse trailers and you had to ride your horse everywhere. <laughs> they maybe weren't that cool, but what, before that, we but, tried going without it. But we have cool stuff, but they're all on payments, and nobody nobody owns them. They just make payments on all of it, and it looks like we all Live the dream. have the dream. And at different points in time, there was a little bit of had the dream, you know, people watch Yellowstone and the guys got <laughs> helicopters and, and, you know, the money to blow up rivers and stuff like that. But that ain't the case. Uh, there is some equipment that looks crazy to the common city person, but, you know, none of it actually cash flows and the farms and ranches are, you know, being foreclosed out at a really high rate and, and nobody really bangs the drum for agriculture which is the backbone of all of rural America. Right. And rural America, I don't know if you've looked, is pretty big. Uh, there's, there's the East Coast and there's the West Coast. And then the rest of it is rural America <laughs> to an extent. Spokane's rural. You just right. don't know it. Right. So I wished I hadn't drank seven beers. I'd explain that a little better. <laughs> you know, for a seven-beer explanation. I thought that was fine. I had 17, I just... Wouldn't have tried. Well, let's we're celebrating you being in Spokane for in forever. Right. Yeah. I mean you haven't been in Spokane together at the same time since Pendo's wedding. Damn. <laughs> right. Which you didn't even go to, by the way. You left like that day. What was that day? Like your Canadian basketball guy, maybe. I think so. Summer. Yep. Yep. Canada basketball. But I think it, we were qualifying for the Olympics. That right, year. July or August of yeah. maybe 10? Yeah, I would say oh, 10. Oh, then it was the world. Yeah. It was the world. We were in the world in Turkey. <laughs> what was Turkey? Good yeah. times? <laughs> Great times. Back when Turkey was a good hang, I suppose. <laughs> like, but it was Turkey. Like, this, like, it was fun. Like, I had a great time. I know I'll, I hope to maybe go see it someday, but not anytime soon. I'll yeah. be real with you. But I don't think we're invited anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> no, it's crazy. I don't want canceled because I crossed two state lines to get here. This is just crazy time. It is. <laughs> She's like, I wore a mask most of the time. Yeah, there Old you go. You did your Cadillac. You're rolling. Yeah. None of them. I think... I tell people you're the reason why I came to Gonzaga because the first day we met, you offered me, you were like the first person you offered me to chew. <laughs> <laughs> and I for then I'll never forget that. You were like, hey, here, you want to chew? I was like, let me take one. Yeah. Threw one in. Then... 15 going on 16. I would love some long cut Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> it's really expensive in Canada. They got a way better syntax than we do. That's so. the problem. I agree. It's like twenty dollars yeah. a ten. 
can't afford it. No, it's crazy. Even the real reason they need to build the wall up north is the Canadians come down to the states and buy a bunch of Copenhagen and oh, smuggle it back. They really do. <laughs> like, I know they do. Yeah, they buy like the big logs. I had to bring a bunch of logs to Japan when I went over there. They call it a roll in Montana. Oh, it's a log. In, in I don't know. I just call it a log. It looks like a log. Fair enough. <laughs> like you call it a roll. It's a roll. I remember it's not called a truck. It's a pickup. Right. Every time. <laughs> Why? Because a semi is a truck. That's, that's and nothing's a semi. A truck is a semi, but you can't call it a semi. Almost you can't Ever. call that a semi, right? But in Canada, they call it a semi. <laughs> so you get a lot of Canadians come through Jordan. Not a lot, but when we do, we all make friends with them and just mimic them for years. <laughs> <laughs> what is your uh, What is your opinion on a Canadian? What is your view? Of Huge the- fans. I mean. Uh, I've never met a Canadian who's a bad hang. Not one. That's true. Then, and then, I mean, we're ice. I'm from eastern Montana. We're isolated as hell. But basically, every Canadian is, too. So, I mean, they all got <laughs> to like themselves or they wouldn't have, I mean, they're just stuck by themselves. So, we're like me. If you don't like yourself, you're not a very good hang. <laughs> and that's basically every you know, rural Canadian I've ever met. You're the only urban Canadian I've ever met. I'm an urban Canadian. You you made it all right yourself. (laughs) I did. You know, I'm all all right. We should tell the story about your first visit to Gonzaga with me, though. You've told it on radio and whatever, but... What what, what was it? But tell your version of it, and then I'll tell a little bit of mine. (laughs) Just kind of figure it out together. Where are we going with this is my question. Because... You've told a couple different versions, and my version was is it was kind of a dead night, and I don't know how your basketball plan went. You talked about how, uh, you know, you played well and there was room for you, and, and few sat you down and told Jump you that, all, like, that yeah, yeah, yeah. we had a plan for you or whatever. Right, right. So I don't know if that was before or after that Pendo's your host and he gets sick and pretty quick, it's just me and you touring the, oh, touring the mean streets of Spokane. <laughs> and I got... Was that the... Tr- yeah, that I got, that's the first one. That's I got my, I got I my 2001 Yukon at the factory base, and that was like what we put the CD into and bang in a little bit. Uh, you know, the Pendo drove some old crappy vehicle. I can't remember, but my, my car was... My Yukon was prominently involved at several, uh, what do you call it, hosting or visits. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, Somehow, and then I forget how, I don't know what time it was. It was early or late, but it's me and you. And <laughs> you're like, where's the party at? And I wasn't like the inventor of where every party was. I wasn't the most popular guy in school or had everybody on speed dial or anything. So I'm like, I don't know, just figure it out, I guess. So we started beating on doors and had some music in. And my memory is they were beating on the one and they won't let us in. And I just listened to the Green Jelly song about the three little pigs. And I go, little pig, little pig, let me in. And I don't know if you chimed in or did it with me. And they go, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. Who said that? Who said we that? did, because nobody answered. <laughs> and we just laughed to ourselves. I'm like, ah, oh, we're pretty good hands today. Yeah. And, and, then, and then I think I spent the rest of the night trying to get you to transfer with me to Montana State. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
Way better skiing at Montana State. I don't know if this basketball thing is going to work out. Do they give uh, scholarships for barrel racing at Montana State? Oh, yeah. They Not do. good ones, but they give scholarships. You, you might be, if you send your daughter to Montana State, you might be able to save a few bucks a month and buy top-notch beer. I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's there's no saving money if your daughter's a barrel racer. You're just... It just, just you know, goes I, one direction. Well, I thought, I, no, I thought. And then by the time she's good and is making money and at the top of the line, it's just her money <laughs> at that point. She's an adult. She's not paying it back. It's just hers. Yeah. No, I thought, I thought they make good money, though. They do. Like, don't they get up to, like, 100, 200? Sure. Okay. The best ones make good money. On in actual rodeos, and then they have just I don't know how you describe it, like potluck barrel racings where everybody yeah. shows up and, yeah. and they all throw a hundred bucks in, and the best ones win that too. And then also on top of that, their horses have the bloodlines, and a lot of times they can buy the bloodlines from where they got it and then sell off of that. So, I mean, the best ones. It's like anything else. The best ones make money at just about anything you're into. Right, that's life. And the medium, the... Capitalism. You know, correct. <laughs> so you got to be good at what you're doing in rodeo or anything else to make some cash. Amen. Amen. So but, it's... I, like, I, I really want her to be good at that. Like, that's... That's something... I know... I don't know... Yeah, to I'm, I'm with it. No, because then that's our thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like and then it's my uh, father daughter type thing, or or cars. Correct. You're 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 the you're the guy that got her into being good at something that most people aren't. Yeah. 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 Just let her just and she's she's got that. And it's a passion. If she loves horses, that never goes away. I don't think any girl has ever loved horses and then quit loving them. There you go. So you're on board with that. There. You see. I used to, you, you tell me you don't drink Budweiser anymore? I do. I just get uh, hung over on Budweiser. Why? Because it's, it's just too much. It's a, it's a beer. All beer. All, all regular beer gives right. me a light to moderate hangover <laughs> if I drink more than 10, older now. 10 to 15 older. of them. Right. I, long in the tooth. <laughs> so luckily... Some some little scientist or whatever made these seltzer beers, and I can about take an IV of them just straight into my bones and <laughs> no hangover. I'll wake up tomorrow feeling fine. What if you could sell Montana? What would you sell Montana? How would you sell Montana? And not to Californians either, because I know that's all you Montana people like hate Californians, especially the ones in Bozeman. I <laughs> oh, here it comes. There's there's so many Montanas. I mean, okay, what is your Montana? Mine's Eastern Montana, and I'm Billings, like, like east of Billings, north of Billings, and south of Billings. That's what I know. That's my area, and I don't have to sell that. Like if you're if you're just easy going and and. A good person that's not super uptight. I mean, you can handle all <laughs> Eastern Montana. It's a good hang, no matter what way you go. It can be sort of boring, but it's the people that make it great. It's not the, it's not the geography or the prettiness. It's the people. 
Yeah. You know, and the crazy th- the the thing about all them people is most of them are born and raised there and and stay there because they like it. They don't stay there because they have a real good income stream. There's not there's not really a good future in making money. Like everybody's a, a truck driver, rancher, farmer, barely making it or, you know, related to that. They right. they sell feed to cows or or work at a bank that does all that. It's all egg based. Right. And probably the, the selling point of Montana is it's one of the few places that prides itself on agriculture and the people that are in charge of it and then live in, it. in the vastness. Correct. And you know, we're, we're easygoing people as a whole that, you know, like to drink beer, have a few beers in the middle of a lot of stuff that we do. Brand cattle and brand cattle and drink beer. Go to rodeo and, and drink beer. Raw nuts. Well, that was you eating the raw nuts. I, I am. I got that out of the way when I was like in five to ten years old. I was about a, like if if your oldest was out there, he'd be a, he'd be a raw nut. Raw nuts and grasshoppers. We'd have him in both of those in short order. That's the crazy part. I'm nervous. To, I don't know if he's ready to get. Well, we yep. start him out on a grasshopper. If he can handle a grasshopper. All right. Well, that's, I want him to go out there with me next time I go out there to see Jordan. Oh, he'd be fine. Oh, he'd love it. He'd love it. Eat it up. Go side by side. Do all sorts of, like, just ride horses. Go shoot guns. He'd eat that up. For sure. It's just so vast, man. That's what I keep saying, but. It's a little kid's paradise. It really, well, it's a big kid's paradise. Really. Right. That's true, too. Now, is there a thing of, like, Californians all coming up there? I don't want to get into that. I, I don't I don't know that. There's none of them. Oh, I don't know why there's, you get so there's, mad at me. There's really no big California influx because my buddy, east of Billings. My buddy says Bozeman, they go, they go hard. Yeah, and, I mean, Bozeman's growing at a rate – maybe bigger than any town in America or something. It's crazy. Really? They've got a direct flight to Nashville now. What? That was the, a year ago or whatever. That was the rumor. It's just secondhand. Don't Google it. Don't <laughs> it. You know, Bozeman's, Bozeman's nuts. Everybody wants to live there. And Is it? And, now, Bozeman's on the 90, right? Mm-hmm. Between Butte and Billings? Correct. All right. Bozeman's about two hours from Billings and something like that from Butte. Two hours or something like that. Right. It's just growing. Uh, just people. It just. I'm not an expert on it, but no, like, everybody, like, everybody, everybody like that works, or... everybody works remotely, and oh, like, and I think property was maybe even too cheap in Bozeman for a long time to where the you, second home and right. pretty quick the second home becomes a main home when um, it's it's a good place to raise a family. I mean, everything about Montana is, you know family positive there's not no, I'm not, there's I'm not if you're if you're looking for the to me the most friendliest people around it's it's probably even bozeman or missoula there's nothing wrong with those people at all i just missoula. i don't live that lifestyle i don't really know it <laughs> what, so what is that lifestyle? i don't know i haven't i actually haven't put a big shift in bozeman since 2011 at that point, I was going to every tailgate and football game, and I was I was in Bozeman really? a lot. It was great, but you know, there's 
maybe 5,000 to 10,000 people go into the Bozeman football stadium to watch the Cats. And it felt like the greatest football experience of all time. There's just all these guys outside drinking and whooping it up. It was great tailgating. It was the first time they'd been good in a long time. And that's one year I was in Bozeman. That's it. Otherwise, I've never really been there. Damn. Did you? Are you a cat or are you a for the cats? Yes, but I don't. I don't really root for either one. I'm actually a Florida State Seminole fan. I know I, you. When are. I'm into college football, it's all ACC and SEC, basically. Yeah, you, you have that's and maybe some Pac Pac twelve. No, I don't like them or the Big Twelve or the. They don't count. Why? The Big Ten, I, I kind of like the Big 12 because it's, you know, run and gun. But the the Big Ten is slow, and they oh, never have any dynamic running, athletes. Running, and the Pac-12 can't fill their stadiums. If the fans at their own schools aren't going to go watch, <laughs> I'm not going to, like, go out of my way to watch it. Oregon's always full. Yeah. And, and UW. UW's not always full. Really? I don't think they're always full. I don't think it's a zany atmosphere. There is, there's nobody that's got like a I went to crazy a, UW. I went to an Arizona State. We went my freshman year down to Arizona, uh, Pullman, and that was packed. That was a good time. Your best – okay, we can share some stories. Best Pullman football story. Oh. How many did you go to in five years of school? Did you go? I only went my freshman year, and uh, – Wow, that was crazy. It was the craziest college party I've ever experienced in my life, ever. Yeah. Like, I just remember going into the house, and there were tarps, so you couldn't see what's in the backyard. And you know those big, like, buckets that you give for, like, feed and stuff, those big plastic buckets? Yeah, like half the size of a 55-gallon barrel. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they had those, but all planted all around the backyard, and they had full of beer. Yeah. And, and then they had, like, kegs that were – they had a keg that – or, no, no, beer bong that came two stories down, and there were kegs all over. It was wild. Yes. Uh, I did not make Pullman, I think, until I was a junior. I was tw- – well – Washington, um, there's another story. It's not real fun being under 21 in Washington when you're looking to party. It's it's a struggle. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, I mean, I tried fake IDs. I did it all, and they just all got taken away, and I couldn't get most of the places I wanted to be when you went somewhere. You just right. cannot do it until you're actually 21. So, finally, we go, and I'm 21, so I'm down to Pullman to watch. And, I mean, yeah, it's like. Going from Gonzaga is <laughs> good. I'm not knocking our no college experience, not the same. but it's. I mean, it's not the same. Pullman football on a game day is just a way, way, way bigger experience for a kid. Yeah, and I mean, there's beers and everybody's rolling. The old people are all into it, and. And the kids are just nuts. I mean, the, and the whole town is. Actually, like, the whole town is. Another place like that? Oregon State. Corvallis. Oh, yeah. The Beebs. So, anyway, I want to <laughs> tell – I'm not going to use everybody's names or whatever, but I went with, I think, five friends in my Yukon, same one, when we're 21, my junior year. 
and none of us had ever been. I don't think any of us had ever been to a Pullman thing. And we, one guy drove and stayed sober, and the rest of us, I forget if we drank a little before we went or on the way or how it worked. But when we get down there, we're ready to check out everything. And it's like we all got a little bit in the beer when we got down there, and then pretty quick, none of the five of us got along. And we're all arguing, wrestling, and, and we're, we're like falling down hills. There's a lot of hills. Oh, yeah. We wrestled oh, yeah. along and we fought like we we're all on the outs. We just kind of split up half the time. There'd be little clicks. It'd be like two over here and the other ones can't find. It's before, you know, GPS texts and everything. <laughs> Nobody knows where anyone's at. And the ones that want to go home, they're pissed. So finally get together and the two biggest ones, I mean, they wrestle and fall down hills and everything. And I'm the drunkest one. So I'm like, one last party, guys. We've got to go to this house party. And at this time, Washington State basketball was really good. That's their glow. Yeah, that that era. The the team that beat us, I think yeah. maybe twice. Back they back beat us. They possibly did. I can't remember. But anyway, there were some friendships between my friend and some of the guys on their team. And we end up the craziest is like, you know, on that 70s show, they like show the thing where everybody's passing the pipe or whatever. Yeah. They're like craziest thing I've ever seen. There's just a bunch of people that have no idea who the other ones are upstairs. <laughs> and our friends are like, get us out of here. We got to go. I'm like, one more time. Let's do it. <laughs> so we all, we all load back up. And the one guy drove home and everybody else fell asleep and all of us stayed in it. We got home at whatever time it was, the sober guy drove and the rest of us just woke up baking at like 11 o'clock in the morning in front of our house. And we're like, man, we need to play college. Not baking drunk, but just hot as yeah, shit. Yeah. So that's my Pullman story. It was better than yours. Yours wasn't very good. Well. I forget what yours was. But. No, oh, I, I had to take out and people that it's something about Pullman, but I had two teammates down there with me that wanted to kill each other. Yeah. And they one threatened to stab the other one in the throat with a knife. <laughs> like so like if you don't go to bed, I'm gonna stab you in the throat with a knife. I mean we were oh, also if you remember Craig Sager, the sideline reporter, he was there. I talked with him and in Pullman? Yeah, and him and his like production guy or whatever they each got a pitcher of beer i think it's called the coog bar that was when tbs or tnt actually did pack 12 game and he's got it and i'm like craig sager what's up i heard you're a good hang or something he's, <laughs> he's tall he's like six four and he's like yeah you want a beer and we like i sipped i think i had one i didn't take it out of his picture or anything and he's like where are you from man i go jordan montana he's like yeah i've been to montana where's that i'm like on the east side he's like I think I've heard of it, and I don't know where it went from there, but I was like, man, Craig Sager's a great hang. Well, he is. He, what I've heard, he's also like a, a great dude. He was a great dude. It's yeah. crazy. I didn't think – when did the Pac-12 do – It's like one year or two years that Turner did Pac-12 games. It was, it was probably right after Reggie Bush because we were down there with uh, John David Booty – uh, USC team. Oh. John David Booty and Steve Smith, not Carolina Steve Smith. And the, they barely beat the Cougs. So, it, I mean, it was a nail-biter. So, it was past their prime USC. No. I just wrote a paper on USC, man. That's – they've never been the same since Bush. 
No. Football? Not even close. Like, they, like, I don't think that that program reminds me of SMU a lot. If you think about it, not as many infractions, but you know, college coaches really matter. Everybody, Absolutely. everybody thinks it's location and boosters and recruiting, and that's a part of it. But our program has proved it. Alabama's proved it. If your coach is on top of excellent recruiting, development, and game day, you're going to win every game. And if your coach lacks in a bunch of that, you can have as much talent as you want, and you're not going to win. Right. You know, and, and teams can put it together for a year, but they can't put it together for four unless that coach is just tremendous. So, I mean, Pete Carroll had his fastball, then he didn't, then he left. So, the kids, I mean, they still get every kid from Arizona all the way to the West Coast. They can pick everyone they want, I think. Yeah, no, but they do. But they don't develop them and, and, and make a team out of them. And you got to have a team, my opinion. No, you're right. I think, I think it's – it's hard now because it's – I don't know for football as much, but for basketball, it's now one and done. Like, right. That really changes the game. And then it's hard to develop a team that everybody's rolling in the same direction. Right. You know, the, the 2017 Zags team, for all those guys to be new, how many – Freshmen or transfers are on that team. And Shamick back from a year off. Right. So they had uh, Perkins, Silas. Perkins had been there. Silas has been there. Silas had been there. Um, and everybody else has either got a year off or is new. No, Ryan Edwards was there, but he didn't play. J3, Zach, Killian. Shemek, Jordan, Nigel, Silas, and Josh. That's a, that is an incredible job of molding that team together. None of them had done the same thing the year before. Not one of them. Perk was the point guard the year before. He moves to off guard. Nigel becomes yeah. a point guard. Yeah. Matthews is somewhere else. Killy and Zach are somewhere out their high school age. Yeah, Shamik has a bad back, maybe never going to play again, and J3 is a transfer redshirt. I mean, I've, I've never really put it together like that, but that's one of the that's one of the Cinderella runs of anybody, actually. No, it. I think Coach Few really like figured it out how to coach. He had a system by that point. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, they're – At that point, it was – They are humming along at that time where everybody gets in line and everybody is playing to the best of their ability where they're supposed to be playing at. You know? Right. So – No, and, and, and just to, he had the right pieces and everything just fit perfectly. Yeah. And, like, and I think it's still going that way. No one thought we were going to be this good. Where did you watch that game at? What game? 
the North Carolina game? Oh, dude, I uh, I was in Japan. I was late for I was late for my film. What I, time was it in Japan? It was like yeah. we had film maybe at noon. If that makes maybe even earlier, but I think it, the game started at like ten in the morning though. <laughs> and I remember watching it and like. And then I was like, oh, we're good. Come on, finish this game so I can go because I'm already going to be late. I know I'm going to be late. And then we went into overtime. And I'm like, all right, man, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm watching this. We didn't go to overtime. Yeah, we did. No, we didn't. We were up one or something with 90 no, seconds we went left. No, overtime, didn't we? No. We were up one, I think, with 90 seconds left. And then I think Barry hits a three after we go up one. Then we're down two. I remember it was the longest. And Nigel comes down and rolls his ankle the next play. I think Barry hit a three. Joel Barry from North Carolina hits a three to go up two after we're up one. And then I think Nigel comes down and rolls his ankle the next play. And then it's kind of whatever happened after that. Besides the Kennedy Meeks was out of bounds with 45 seconds left. And somehow 100,000 people in the Arizona Cardinals dome didn't know to go to review. That he is out of bounds. No one ever brings this up, but it's is it is it an issue. That, that bothers you. The referees and timers. I don't know who's in charge of. Maybe we should look that over, but nobody looked it over. Well, it, I think now that we, that is over, like I think Coach Few now really has figured out everything in coaching. Yeah, he's. He's the real deal. He's the real deal. I I was too close to everything when I was in school. I I thought no. I knew more, as every idiot kid does. But the older I get, the more I'm amazed at what well, no. of what they built here. It's incredible. It really is. It's incredible. Like what what's what's wild is it it's there's no program like it. No. I, I had to do nobody's nobody's just grown from the ashes and held on to right. a top five look at Butler ranking. Butler is a good example. Yeah, they they they're still they're good, but they're not. Do you gone. talk to the kids now? Like the kids that are recruited now, are they all here for the same reasons that your era and the era before are? I think it's they're even, a little highly ranked, but are they all basically the same kid here for the no. same reason? I think I think now it's a it's a different generation. I'm not saying it, I shouldn't sound old, but it's a different type of generation. You're trying to like I don't think you're looking at the four year guys anymore, or Gonzaga is anymore as much, or we are, but it looks like European players to develop, right. which is a, it's worked. They, right to keep Killian for four years is a miracle. I mean, you know what I mean? Really good, absolutely. You know, so I think we develop our European players to play four years, and and then also like find these great like di- not diamond in the rough, but these great guards that you know can. I don't know. They how just to fit. They just fit with what we're trying to do, right? right. They probably couldn't. Go to Kentucky and average twenty five points a game playing but doing, now doing hog ball stuff. We're, we're now there. We're getting those guys, those Kentucky type players. You know, our guards are never really gunners though. Like if you look at it, they're always 
defer and make the right play. Rav didn't Rav. I, I'm always in Rav's corner, man. Rav. Rav is maybe the greatest shooter I'll ever see in my life. Thank you. You've been. Uh, how many places have you watched people do shoot around and 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 what do you call it? Workout or Dude. what do you call it when we do just like a hundred shots yeah, yeah, with yeah, your yeah. trainer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just workout, workout. Have you ever seen somebody never hit the rim like Derek? No, it's it's um, he is, and he, he I always give him credit on the show for always being one of the top guards to come through, and and that was during the flex era. And I I think that was during the flex era. I think era. the best shooter maybe the you know he's the best free throw shooter maybe it's ever played college basketball. Is he? I think he's right there, one or two. I wouldn't be surprised. But if you look like, hands down, hands down, if he didn't play in the flex era, he would, or if he played in this generation, would you just have pick and roll? Right. Oh, he would kill. Yeah. He would kill. You know? Yeah, I mean, because he would, he would if if we didn't play in flex, he would be that guy shooting damn near twenty feet behind the three point line. He could do that. He had that type of. He, he really, he really, <laughs> you know, he really could have been turned loose like Steph Curry. Thank you. Just I, I didn't want to from say anywhere. It. I mean, I, I like, and he's and I, you know, I would go down and. Not very much, but he went down. I lived with him, and he went down late at night, every night, or every yeah. maybe twice a night. It's not always, but and off the dribble. I mean, he would run himself <laughs> into a sweat and work the hardest you'd ever seen with like between the legs, shake somebody, bring it back, and just fire it from yeah. like 25 feet when you're just watching him, you know, by himself. And then I'm sure he probably. He probably did some of it in games, but if he just was told to do that five times a game, he'd have made three of them. Easy. Easy. Derek Ravio is, is, I don't know, maybe one of the top five or better funnest zags to watch. Just watch. He when he's professor. when he's rolling, it's <laughs> his ball handling and shooting is unmatched. Ball is on a string, correct? Like no one could steal that ball. I agree. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And, that, and if he's listening, an incredible cook. He cooked pasta as good as anybody <laughs> ever walked the face of this earth. Oh my god! Cooked the shit out of some macaroni. That. <laughs> Macaroni and cheese. It was normally pretty fancy pasta. Uh, I cook macaroni and cheese. I think he's creme brulee or something. Oh man, it's 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 crazy. You know, it's been like what we've known each other now what twelve years? Two thousand six, I think, because we were living at three fourteen. I was a sophomore, and you were a sophomore in high school or junior. We we spent one year at Gonzaga together, but I was, like, half depressed and ready to move home that year. I wasn't out about much. Uh, you made it through. I got like through. Like you said, you're a man. 
I made it through. I got, <laughs> goes, goes, your man. Failed my ceramics class and headed right on out the door. The degree. <laughs> but I didn't even get quit on the ceramics class. Where would you have been? Never be able to look my dogs in the eye if I wouldn't have got my degree. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I can't make you kidding me. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Oh man. Well, God bless you, Kitty. How I, mad is Jack gonna be that we didn't Skype him in on this? I know. I know. Well, he will be this I I had to do an actual episode and I had a lot of a lot of stuff, and he took that episode on by himself. Thank God. So I appreciate you, Kenny. And Jack was two years above you. One so, year. So he's a sophomore, and I was a his, senior. Our manager, Sean John, was his roommate. So that's how we really kind of got to know each other more. Okay, so he is. Who's the great above you, Meech? Meech, Meech, Meech and me. Meech and Grant. No, that's right. Matt is that Matt, Matt and Will, because Pargo and Larry and Larry Gaganius. Who's their third one? Micah. Micah showed up halfway through. Murder Miz. Not seen him in ages. How's he doing? Freaking nature. I see him on Insta or Facebook. He just dude, just like the most ripped guy ever. (laughs) Like just, and it's all like just he works out and everything, but he's just yo. Like he, it's crazy. He's a freak athlete. That's a dude that whew, he had. He has so much game. Yeah, I yeah. was. Uh, I was there when he first showed up at Gonzaga. <laughs> oh. He has so much. He game. was skinny as hell, but I mean, he could shoot and jump and dribble. Yeah. He, yeah. And he had to sit. He he left after his first semester at Kansas. So then he missed the beginning. I would say he's a, he's the first transfer. He right? missed the beginning of his sophomore year, the fall semester of his sophomore year. So he only got second semester, sophomore year, junior and senior Atkins, I guess. So he got shorted like, well, half a year for sure, and maybe even a year and a half if you look at it that way. He had so much. He has so much game. So much game because I, I keep saying had, but he's still over playing overseas right now. He's playing and killing. Like he could shoot, he can still fly, mm-hmm. and now he put on weight. No, he's a man. He's a problem, and I, he can catch bodies in practice and everything. Yeah, he was a. Uh... Didn't have a driver's license. He wanted to use my Yukon to learn how to drive. When he first got here, he's like, I got to get my driver's license. <laughs> yeah. So we go to we go to our buddy's lake houses, me and Pindo and him and I think my other buddy. And we let him do a little driving like in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, not paying much attention. Like, I know how to drive. And he's just, I mean, going. I'm like, eh, you better find somebody else's vehicle <laughs> learn how to drive man well man i appreciate you we're gonna have a good time we're gonna you're gonna be here for how long i don't know several days several days maybe 
maybe a couple weeks. We don't know yet. You're trying to figure that out right now. I appreciate you, Kenny. From the corner! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.